Welcome back to the Unanimous Decision Podcast. I am your host, D-Palm. Follow me on Twitter at D-Palm66. Follow the show on Twitter at U-D-Pod. Follow the entire MTR network at, you guessed it, the MTR network. You found us. Don't you dare lose us. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Spotify. Subscribe everywhere. You get your podcasts for free 99. Happy New Year, everyone. Is indeed a happy new year. Hope you health and happiness in 2024. But there's a word in the title of this podcast. And it's a word I heard for a month after they announced who was going to be in the playoff. And that word's deserve. A lot of talk about Florida State deserving a certain. Deserving an opportunity. And to their credit, I didn't see any Georgia fans saying what they thought they deserved after a streak of wins or whatever. I I was proud of that as a Georgia supporter. And I think that the word deserve sticks in my craw because I'm old and I played football. Because I was raised by a guy who also played football. And for me, the word deserve is problematic twice. The first one is some misguided belief in karma. You shouldn't do good for the belief that you're going to get good back. You do good for the doing of the good. More to the point, if you think people get what they deserve, you're going to be very frustrated in this life because bad people win All the time. Coming to grips with that, honestly, was like a weight off my shoulders in my 20s. Like, oh, wait a second. You don't get what you deserve. You get what you get. And that's a life lesson. That's free game. But to hear a coach not only talk about what he felt like his players deserved, but to also admit that it shook him to miss a playoff. You cannot coach to results. That's my belief. That's just kind of the guys I played for. You cannot coach and say, I coach this way because it gets only because of the results. Because if that was the case, you would have seen a lot of opt-outs out of Athens. That to be said, there were a lot of players who, big contributors for Georgia who did not play, either due to injury or to transfer portal. But there were no opt-outs. Everyone who announced they were going to play in the draft for Georgia did it after the game. And you say, oh, they didn't get what they thought they deserved, so they opted out, so it didn't matter as much to them. The good folks over at Saturday Down South, my good friend Chris Marler put this post up after Georgia after Georgia won the game. He said the Georgia 2021 to 2023 by the numbers. They went 42 and 2 in the last three seasons. The most wins in a three-year span by any team in college history. Their two losses came to the same team and both were at neutral sites. Of Georgia's 42 wins, only six were by single digits. Almost 70 were by 20% points or more. Over 40 were by 30 points or more including, but not limited to, back-to-back setting the record for largest bowl wins ever. 
Not like playoff bowl wins or like uh, certain bowl wins. No, no. Any bowl game ever played in the history of football. They set the record last year and they broke it this year. Versus ranked opponents, Georgia was 16-2 and versus top 25 teams, scoring nearly 40 points a game and winning by an average of over, of nearly, excuse me, four touchdowns. They were 9-2 against top 10 teams in that stretch. Postseason, 6-2 in the postseason, 5-0 and in bowl games. An average margin of victory of 31.2 points in bowls and 4-0 in the college football playoff. During the stretch, Georgia's 26-2 against the SEC, 18-0 against the SEC East, 12-0 against their rivals with an average margin of victory of 22.9 points. If there was a group of kids who could have been entitled, who could have said, it's not worth it for me to play in a meaningless bowl game. It's the third years in the act. It's Lad McConkey, who's probably who should probably go pro. Going out there and turning a busted play into a hilarious touchdown. It's Carson Beck, who said he decided four days after they lost to after they lost to Bama to come back again. He said, I've been a part of two national championship teams, but I want one for me. It's a no-excuses mentality that's been generated in Athens. And when I tell you the word deserve stuck in my craw, bro, a football guy like Kirby, he delivered Southern preacher shit over the word deserve over these last three weeks. The final score was Georgia 63, FSU 3. Not going to go into the game, the details. Um, I will say this. You can microwave a season. I think it was very admirable what they did in Tallahassee this year. Uh, Mike Norvell went from someone who I was literally not joking, but I was saying all season, this man's coaching for his job because if he loses, he could lose his job to Dion. He didn't lose. He created a thing that did not lose. And I think that, Because it was such a results-oriented series of decision-making for them, that it makes it the joys of the work. It's supposed to be, at least. You can microwave a season. You can put together a collection of talent for one season. But when the adversity hits, what happens? When things don't go to plan, what happens? Opt-outs and excuses. You cannot microwave a program. And 63 to 3 is the difference. And yes, Kirby gave that fantastic speech about opt-outs and things that he wants to see changed in the sport. Motherfucker, that was recruiting. He may have been right. You may have been nodding. He was talking to a kid. He was talking to the kid whose name, I don't know because I don't follow recruiting that closely, but I do know he was committed to Florida State. And he flipped back to Georgia. And you know what he said? He said, they offered me more money in Tallahassee. But the better investment in myself was to go to Georgia. You cannot microwave a program. And there's a 60-point difference when you try to. National championship is set, guys. Next Monday. 
Washington, Michigan, a clash in styles if you ever saw one. And I want to do this. I'm a man who uh, can admit when he has been proven wrong at times. Because for the first time in the playoff era, we had two semifinal games worth watching. We had two games that really were worth your attention. And they did it in a year where they actively screwed over it. Like, hats off to the committee. This is how you go out, guns blazing, giving a fantastic product. Let's talk about how we got here, man. Uh, let's talk about the, the first game first. Bama, Michigan. And, woo, buddy. Um, I think that the Bama performance was their entire season. It was an effective defense that had holes that were exploitable, but also hideable. And it was an offense that, for much of the year, was like trying to get blood from a stone. Early, the injuries and the kind of... All right, so here's how I watch football. And I know it's annoying and boring to a lot of people, but... There's something to be said about continuity on a line. What does that mean? That means the same five guys, not just on the field every week, but in the same five positions so that you get used to each other's cadence and you know what that guy's going to look for. And you don't have to say things to each other sometimes. You can tap a hip and push your head. Because... As linemen, it's all about trusting connection. I've got to trust as a left guard that my left tackle is watching his edge and is going to communicate what he sees outside. If we've got a cowboy, a corner blitzing, he's got to see that, not just tell me, he's got to tell the quarterback. So the quarterback can adjust protections. But the same thing that happened in the Auburn game where a lot of shifting and twists seemed to flummox the offensive line for Bama, we got the same thing happening this past weekend. We've got missed twists. We've got people not passing off things. We've got, quite frankly, there was like two edge edge pressures where if they just block it right, it's an easy pickup. So I think that the lack of continuity on that line was a big problem early on for them offensively. And then the fact that, and I hate doing this because everyone's going to make the same observation, but it's true. Those snaps are unforgivable. It's a very hard job to be as a center doing that. And I bet it gets harder when you feel like you guys are getting beat every time you go five-step. To get out of your own head and say, no, we've got to focus on doing our job. And, oh, wait, these snaps are off. And part of me wants to say, <coughs> excuse me, on some of those hot routes, Milrow had to get rid of it early. But how do you get rid of it early when you're trying to corral a snap at your shoelaces? How do I throw the hot now when I've got to reel in the snap? My eyes should be downfield, see if things move there was one pick, excuse me, one to pick. It was a third down. They showed man. 
on snap, they rolled to cover two, and Milrow threw the ball to the flat because if it was man, it would have been wide open. It would have been an eight-yard pickup. As it was, the corner we thought was bailing on the, the, the receiver, clamped back down uh, on the, the flat route and got no, no, cover, no gain at all, fourth down, punt the ball. If he's got faith in that snap, if I don't have to look at the ball into my hand, maybe I know that, hey, they're adjusting on the snap. It's not man. Throw into the hole now. Throw to that receiver. He's going to be, there's going to be a spot where he's uncovered before the safety can ratchet down. There's so many different reasons why Bama played poorly. And still almost, like, that's the thing that gets me, like, they played a one of the worst games you'll see from a Bama offense. We'll talk about the Bama defense in a second. And they still almost pulled it out. Bama defense, all season, has been, I don't want to say, independable in the middle, but that's where you can catch them. Watch the play fourth and two, I think it is, down the stretch, where they get the ball in the, uh, to the, uh, the, 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 the uncovered running back, and he goes for 35, the block in the back brings it back. That play will forever stay in my head because that wasn't a crazy shift. That wasn't a, 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 a complicated pickup. That was just, we're betting your linebacker's going to get lost. Embedding right. Go watch the play again. See how mad Nick Saban is? That's not an anger of surprise. That's an anger of, they're going to screw this up. They're going to screw this up. God damn it, they screwed it up. That's real, like, that's that coaching shit. That's that coaching anger. anger. And it is going to be wild to see what comes of this next game? Because if you're a Michigan fan, you should be heartened because you made a bunch of mistakes. You didn't bring your A game and you won and you found a way. And those last call it six minutes of game time is the best football this program's played since 97, maybe? Like that was a fantastic run of just playing Football. They did it at an exceedingly high level. I still don't believe in J.D. McCarthy, but guess what? He made the throws he needed to make down the stretch. He missed so many early that I'm just like, I need this. When Harbaugh's coaching the Chargers next year and fails to develop Justin Herbert, I want everyone to just come back to this place. I'm like, oh, yeah, people have been talking about this for a while because Jim Harbaugh ruined Shea Patterson, and I'll never forgive him. But he's going to the title game because he has instilled a level of faith and belief in these kids that – so two years ago in the playoff, they got physically dominated in a way that they were not prepared for. They talked a lot of shit, and they got hit with bricks and baseball bats and dump trucks. And the Georgia O-line rode over them. And that offseason, they said never again. And in that offseason, they built a team. A team that I kept saying was, beat, was built excuse me, to beat Ohio State, but not win national title. And then they went after the playoff, and they got out-schemed by TCU. Just flat out, something that I don't think they were meant to prepare for. They had out steam in a way that exposed a lot of things that I still have questions about. Some of them involve video cameras. Hmm. This year, it looks like they were going to 
outmistake their way out of another one. And the fact that they were able to regain their composure and pull this out speaks a lot, not just to the infrastructure that's there, but the kids. And the fact that they've learned, they've been educated in those last prior two years. They've learned how to handle these things. And I, I'm excited for them to keep doing that. Washington, Texas. Texas is a very good football team. Michael Pinnacune is that dude. Michael, hey, man. Look, you find me another way to describe it, I'll let you have it. But right now, here, on this podcast, he's that dude. That's who he is. And I think it's going to be very interesting to see what kind of pressure Michigan is going to be able to create against that Washington line. because. That what was, glare, what was glaring to me is that because they were able to create time for him, it was able to open up their running game in a way that allowed Washington down the stretch to kind of, I don't know, it, it was a game that felt kind of weird and just detached a little bit, but it was high-level football. It was high-level execution. Every time I watched Washington play, I reminded, oh, yeah, they got a nice running game too. But, hey, shout-out to Texas. They did everything they're supposed to do. I do think it's very funny that they're going to have two lost teams who are going to finish behind Georgia. Like, Georgia's going to finish third in the standings, which is fine. Again, anyone who says Georgia fans are claiming, no, no one's claiming shit because Georgia fans are raising the way that says, hey, we didn't get the job done. We get it. Hey, we did. I, look, you're not going to see the the parade in Athens. Like, it is what it is. Like, they did what they had to do, but this is the national title game, and this is the last time that really you can say, hey, this is the cream of the crop for sure. Because on the next year's metric, this year, Penn State would have been in the playoff. And if that doesn't disgust you, close your eyes. Now open them. James Franklin's going to be a playoff coach and have that on his resume. Penn State fans, you shouldn't be excited about this. That means he's going to be there forever. You can't get rid of him. I took this team to a playoff. Dangerous, dangerous being an incumbent in these worlds. I want to go to the NFL. Before I do, I want to touch on the NBA. I know. The NBA has been doing fun things. I've just been very busy. I have a child and a job and a life. But I'll say this. Welcome back, John Morant. You're doing great. Motherfucker, if you don't stop with them gun celebrations. (laughs) People just started thinking Gilbert Arenas was funny again like 15 years later. How about you just not? Um, NFL, big weekend in the NFL, heading into week 17. Week 18, excuse me. A lot of things, a lot of things break in certain ways. I'm super excited. The fact that our Sunday night football game is basically, if the Bills win, they're the two seed. If they lose, they could miss the playoffs. That's exciting to me. I think the Dolphins are going to win anyway, but I think that's exciting. Um, Fabulous went away under being rich doesn't make you smart. David Tepper throwing drinks on people. David. David. You can't. You cannot do that. You cannot throw drinks on people. I don't care if you think you're smart because you're rich. I don't care if you're paying a bunch of coaches right now to not coach for you. I don't care if you might have fumbled all of this. You can't throw drinks on people. Because in Jacksonville, in Duval, you might get swung on. Those people are not, no. I need you to acknowledge that you're playing with your life in Jacksonville by doing that. 
I, I need you to feel a little bit of humility and not throw drinks on, like, is this a billionaire throwing drinks on a board? Like, I, David, just don't push it, man. Like, I, you can't just, hey, whew. Speaking of rich people acting wildly, Denver Broncos. It's all come out, guys. It's all out there. The Broncos allegedly tried to get Russell Wilson to renegotiate his injury guarantee on his contract, or they threatened to bench him the week he beat Ganderson. The week he knocked off what had essentially been their boogeyman, they came to Russ and said, hey, I'm going to need you to uh, take hold this L, just, you know, restructure your shit, or we're going to bench you. The grievance, of course, went to the NFLPA because, look, I have my personal feelings about the leadership of the NFLPA when I was working in the league. But damn it, this is an easy one. You've got to fight for your people. And the fact that it happened is bad. The fact that it got out in NFL circles is worse. The fact that he's giving interviews in your locker room about this is really bad. It's it's And then they did bench him. And man, I just woo. That's tough. That's tough. Because yeah, you can look at performance on the stretch, but also like you know we know. Sean Payton lying and saying, I'm not privy to these discussions. Don't do that. Because someone's going to take a fall here. I like this Sean's like, it ain't going to be me. But guess what, guys? You still owe Russell all that money. You still signed that contract. In a similar position. Y'all gave all that money to the nasty man in Cleveland. And Joe Flacco off the couch. There's no crazy situation where... Uh, <clears throat> most popular guy in town, if you know what I'm saying. So the question becomes, what do you do? 38-year-old Joe Flacco taking the playoffs. First time in years. Glad it's not me who has to make that decision. Because y'all have created a problem for yourselves. A new problem in Chicago. The Justin Fields conundrum. So for, for all season, the talk had been that the Bronx, the Bears, excuse me, were going to move on for Eberflus and move on from Justin Fields and use that acquired, terrible Panthers pick to pick up Caleb Williams, who sounds like an addition to the trivia question, name all the USC quarterbacks who underwhelmed in the NFL, Matt Leinert and Mark Sanchez. And, like, it just feels like maybe I'm biased. It just feels like in my lifetime – I watch this go poorly more consistently than I watch it go well. 
I don't know. Because the problem is that Justin Fields has come into his own. That he has really developed into something special. And in doing so, you're getting public statements that Eberflus's job is safe. Did Justin Fields save his coach's job and cost himself his own? It's one of those things that you're like, well, yeah, you could gamble on this thing, this, this thing that you have a pretty good idea about. Who everyone's telling you can't miss. But then there's this thing that you thought couldn't miss who looks like he might be finally ready to hit. The word of the year is impatience, of course, but my goodness. It's tough to see a path forward because you gamble wrong. You might cost yourself your job. You may never work in any of these towns again, buddy. You like being GM? Time to earn your money. And speaking lastly of earning your money, I'm not going to get into all the hateration, holleration in the dancery. I will say this. A lot of talk about quarterbackery and um, watching all this melanin succeed under center is something that I think like young people are going to take for granted. But, like, man, when Jalen Milrow exposed Bill O'Brien for telling him he should not play quarterback anymore, I loved it because it exposed what's out there, the, the, the attitudes that these quarterbacks have faced their entire lives and the generations that came before them faced. There's a fantastic uh, Amazon Prime documentary coming out this month, I believe. The Legacy of the Black Quarterback, hosted by Michael Vick. Can't wait to watch that. Because it's a journey, and it's an uphill one. And it's important that this very recent history is not lost. And it culminated with Lamar Jackson beating the dog shit out of the Dolphins. Using them to prove a very clear point. Keep my name out your motherfucking mouth if there's not respect attached. He went out there and threw more touchdowns than incompletions. He threw more touchdowns than incompletions. There's a throw out there. And I, I know I do this whole time where like one throw or one play sticks in my head. And I make you guys either hunt it down or ignore me entirely. But opportunity. I want to say it was the, um, so in left to right, uh, I want to say second quarter, he, it's play action, and he sets up initially like he's left-handed. And then he flips his hips, and he starts to wide receiver, and it's uh, 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 on the right side. Oh, my God, I can see the play. Breaks two tackles, walks in the end zone. The idea... That he would be like, maybe I'm left-handed. It's so funny to me. And, again, that coordinator he's got, I watched him do shit at Georgia where it's like, he didn't have to score 65 points on TCU, but he's chosen to. 
They don't have to score all these points in Miami. But he knew he, yo, he's very aware of how people talk about his offense and his quarterback. And I think it's very impressive what they've been able to do in year one of this offense. And I remind everyone, Todd Munkin made that quarterback, made Stetson Bennett the fourth look like that. And you motherfuckers gave him Lamar Jackson? With all that optionality and talent and power? Look, I don't trust many things in the NFL. I trust the Baltimore Ravens. And I trust Lamar Jackson, your 2023 MVP. That was the end of the show. There's going to be a lot of announcements coming up on the show and the network uh, here in January. Uh, but uh, I am all, I'm no longer ill. Uh, I'm back in the driver's seat. I'm feeling a lot better. So we're going to have more podcasts for you. Uh, hopefully one another one previewing the national title game that will be coming out before Monday's game. That was your show. There is no outro. See you guys. Next week, talking about what you deserve. Ugh, just, I'm still sick over this.